We are in 3 Nephi chapter 12, and it begins with the Savior calling the 12 apostles. And I love that he says to the multitude, Blessed are ye if ye give heed to the words of the twelve whom I have chosen from among you. And I love also that it says to be your servants. They spend their lives, every single one of them that we have now and then, gave up a life of um something that they were pursuing that they spent their lifetime doing if you look at all of our apostles and look and see what they did for their jobs all of them have walked away from pretty prestigious positions and money to be our servants and to serve the Lord and it is pretty incredible and so I really love that it says that there and then um, I, the thought I had here that I would say to my students or my, my family is, what is a conference talk that you can call to mind quickly that really spoke to your heart? And what was the message of that conference talk? And just having them think, are there conference talks from the apostles that stick in their mind or from the prophet that stick in their mind? Because we are to listen and we are blessed if we listen to them. They are the mouthpieces of God. And so I just really love the way it sets that up. And then it says in verse 2, um, more blessed are they who believe in your words. These 2,500 that are there, and I don't know, it goes on to tell us, I think it says 2,500, um, that that's how many have gathered at the temple, and we haven't hit that yet. Um, I don't believe that counts the women and the children. And so um, he just says, those of you who will go on and testify of me, Blessed are all who believe in what you say because they'll get the same gift you get. They will be able to be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. And I just love that. And I do think it's incredible, um, all of those who have faith, when we do the Lord's missionary work and we bear witness of Him, more blessed are they because they have faith in the words we say, the things we testify of that we've known our whole lives and both of us, us who go and testify and they who join, who listen and hearken, receive the Holy Ghost. And what a gift the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost is. Okay, and then you know 3 through 11 is this list of things that he says blessed are. So blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, blessed are merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, peacemakers, those who are persecuted or reviled in his name. And I have there, why? I mean, those are some hard things, the poor in spirit and mourn. And in verse 12, it tells us why. For ye shall have great joy and be exceeding glad, for great shall be your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. And I love that because we need to have our eye on eternity. And it's the pioneers and it's all they who we can look back and look and think, oh my gosh, they suffered so much. We are promised that everything we suffer here on the earth will be made up tenfold for us. And it's that story of Job. And so I really love that it it focuses on eternity, that our goal is to return to God. And I once had a Relief Society teacher say, 
How could we ever dare think that we could be where he is, live where he is, if we did not suffer in some taste, in some degree, things he had suffered so that we could live there and be comfortable there, knowing in some way we had a taste of all he has done for us. There's no way we could come close, but we've got to suffer in some way for us to even feel worthy to be there. And I'll tell you, as we listen to saints, as we... And we listen to other stories. Don't you sometimes think, man, I don't know if I could do that. And so really, all of those things, he's saying you're blessed because that's what you will be blessed for suffering those things in my name and you will get to dwell with me. And so I really love that. And then it goes on in 13 and says, I say unto you, be the salt of the earth. But if the salt shall lose its savor, wherewith shall the earth be salted? And so a little salt, right, seasons and becomes the um, a preservative, preservative, sorry, I said that word, preservative for the food to make it last. And so it only takes a very little for everything. And that's what we are. And we had a stake president who talked about how does salt lose its savor? And he said it loses it through contamination. And he talked about the floods that had just occurred um, before the state conference. And he said, what happens is the floods come, and I believe it was in Texas, and it and it flooded the temple. And I hope I'm saying that right. And the floods come, and he says, what happens is the waters rise and rise and rise. And as they rise, do you know what comes with? it, the sewer, and all of those things that are under the ground that we have buried, those systems, they raise with it, and so it contaminates, and the reason that you have to come in and so quickly tear down the walls and get rid of the mold and everything that's been contaminated is because if you don't get rid of all of that stuff, it will be destroyed forever. And I had never realized that. And so it really was such an illustration that when it is flooded, the salt becomes contaminated and all of the filth rises with it and destroys it. And so it was a great illustration to make me understand how a salt loses its savor. It's through contamination. And so we have to be cleansed. We have to quickly get rid of that stuff and cleanse it and get rid of all the filth so that we can be inhabited by the Spirit again. Those homes can be inhabited again and be rebuilt and be cleansed. So I really love um, that illustration that he gave made it so much more clear to me. Um, more clear, not much more, sorry. <laughs> 14 through 16. Verily I say to you, I give unto you to be a light to this people. And this is the one where let your light so shine. I love this because it reminds me of last conference. We had a beautiful talk where I believe it was Bonnie Corden talked about shining your light so others can see the path. That was such a great talk and something I've really tried, tried to incorporate, praying that I can, if possible, shine the light that others might see the path and be drawn to the Savior. And so I really love that, that we need to make sure we're shining our light, not just for others to see our goodness, but that they can find the path and that they can be led to Christ. And I love that. Okay. Um, 17 and 18, he says the law of Moses is fulfilled. And I love that, that he says, think not that it's destroyed, it's fulfilled. And now there is a new law. And it begins in verse 19 when he says, repent, 
Come to me and here you go. If you have a contrite spirit with humility and realize there is a new law, come to me. I will give you the higher law. And then in 20, it says, therefore, come to me and be saved. For verily I say to you that except you keep my commandments, which I have commanded you at this time, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he's going to give them this new law, this higher law that he's now said, come unto me keep my commandments and you will be saved. So here comes the higher law. And in 21, it says, do not, you've been said, it's been taught you not to kill, but I say no anger. 23, don't have aught or no grudge against your brother. And then 24, be reconciled and forgive with full purpose of heart. Forgive. Um, 25 and 26, pay your debts. Don't owe any man. 27, 28, you've been taught no adultery. Don't even lust. Don't even go there. And that's really important with, um, a time of a pornography that just is everywhere and rampant so that we have to really cross ourselves in verse 30, self-control, self-control, which is a constant battle. It is something we wake up every day and choose who we are going to follow. That's just a part of life in the world we live in where it didn't used to be. And so it isn't that you're horrible and awful and an evil person. It's that it is something we have to every day wake up and choose who we will follow and cross ourselves. So I love that. 31, um, no divorce, only in the case of fornication and adultery. Um, even then, we know of cases where people forgive, and I love that. Um, no swearing, and what that means is taking an oath to do something, but do everything for God. Do do everything in His name and for Him. So no false swearing or, or just doing it idly or not meaning it, not backing it, but make sure you're doing things for God and in his name. Okay. Um, 39, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him. The other, that again is forgive. 40, the coat and the cloak. If someone sues you for your coat, give them the cloak also. 41, go the extra mile. Um, love that, that that's the sentence that we get from the extra mile is he who compels you to go a mile, go with him. The other, um, and then 42, give freely, give, that's charity. That's what we're supposed to do. And so I love that 43 and 44, love all, even your enemies, forgiveness. And sometimes I think forgiveness is leaving it in God's hands. And that was something I've had to learn as I've grown older in life. Um, I think there was a point in time where I always thought, you know, pray for your enemies and I would take cookies or do something thoughtful because that's kind of what we teach our kids early on is, you know, turn the other cheek, be loving, do those things. And all of a sudden, one time there had been this thing that had happened that was pretty, pretty contentious. And um, I really was consumed. There was a person who really came out against me and did some very unkind things and it wasn't based on truth and and it was really hard because I really love all people in general but it was really a time where I was consumed with how much I did not like this person and the reason I didn't is because they didn't like me and I remember one point in time I was at the temple and I was writing their name on the prayer roll and the spirit said to me stop it stop it you are acting as if this is actually making you more cocky, like I'm the better person. I'm writing them on the prayer roll and I'm the better person. And the spirit really taught me a lesson because truly that was true. Every waking moment, this was in my head. 
and it was poisoning me. And writing on the prayer roll or praying, it I just thought, what does that even mean? Because this is making me a worse person. It's awful. And the Spirit really taught me some incredible things. I really prayed and fasted, and there was a conference talk that said it's not what goes in the mouth, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles the man. And the talk was beautiful, and it just talked about if we are truly in a good place and love the Lord and love ourselves, then our whole desire is to love others and to be kind. And for the first time, it hit me that when we are unkind, it's because we're not all right with who we are. And the Lord totally, the atonement took place and he took that and I was able to let it go. But the spirit said to me, sometimes forgiveness is letting go and letting the Lord be the judge and just walking away and trusting he's got it and leaving it to him. And letting that person work out their life and not saying mean things, not saying evil things, just completely letting it go. And that was such a huge lesson for me. And I'm so grateful for that lesson. And it was one, I don't mean to make it sound like it was easy and quick and look at me, look what I did, because it's something he has taught me several times that has been a challenge for me, but has taught me greatly that there are times that we truly have to trust that he will be the one. And that's enough for us. We trust that and we walk away. And I think the pioneers were great examples of that. Just trusting that they were working for their eternal reward. And trusting that their enemies, they could leave it to God. It didn't matter. They didn't sit and think, but that's not fair. Look what they did. They just trusted God and knew what the goal was is who we are becoming. Who God wants us to be. And truly we have to get to a place that that's our mindset. Who would you want me to become? How do you want me to refine myself? How can I best swallow my pride, take this and walk away trusting that you will take care of it and in whatever manner you see fit, it doesn't matter to me and I won't worry about it again. I trust you because I know you love all your children. I know you know what all of us go through and you are the best judge and the best advocate and I trust you completely because you have been forgiving in my life and loving in my life and I would want that for everyone and so I love the lessons that's taught me to just really worry about me and let him worry about everything else and so I love that bless them that curse you and sometimes that looks like just walking away and trusting that God will take care of it. That's a blessing. Okay, um, let's see. I love 45. He maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And that just totally goes with what I was just saying. Trust him. They're all his children. Let him take care of that. And then in 46 and 47, he just really reemphasizes old things are done away. All things have become new. This is the new law. And he ends with, Therefore I would that ye should be perfect, even as I or your Father who is in heaven is perfect. And I love here, I have written complete. And I love that definition of perfect. And what complete means is that we have become one with him and with our Heavenly Father in purpose and in desire to be with them. And we trust his plan. And in math, there is something called the completion and there's a question that it asks. It'll give you a set. And so it'll have parentheses and then it'll have numbers. For example, 0, 1, 2, 
dot, 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 comma, six, comma, seven, comma, eight. And so the question is, what is the completion? Well, the completion is everything missing in that set that makes it complete or finished. And I love using that example. I'm so grateful I taught math because God makes up everything we are lacking that makes our set complete or finished. And that is the definition of perfection. And no matter what we do in this life, he will have to fill in what is missing. And so the goal is to try and become as much who we can become, who he sees us as becoming, and turn as much as we can to him so that he can fill in. And that comes from daily repentance and humility and daily asking, what would you have me do? And so I really, really love these scriptures in these verses. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much the Savior loves you.